What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Franchise Tag. I'm your host, Eric Salas. Riding solo today on this podcast, Chris was not available to record today, um, which is all right, unfortunate, um, that we couldn't get our schedules together to meet up and do this episode, but either way, the show must go on. Um, Sorry this episode is getting out a little late for you guys. Normally, we record on a Wednesday, release Thursday morning, um, but this will be coming out a little late. Again, scheduling conflicts um, made us push back a little bit and then it just ended up happening. But the show must go on, of course. Um, by the time of this recording comes out, um, the first game of the Week 5 slate between the Buccaneers and the Bears had already happened on Thursday night. Um, the Bears ended up being the Buccaneers 20-19. to The Buccaneers fall to 3-2 and while the Chicago Bears run by Nick Foles is 4 and one. Um, this came this came down to a potential game winning drive for Tom Brady, um, with about a minute and seventeen left. Uh, I don't I don't think what did he have? He may have had a timeout left, but either way, uh, didn't end up coming. Uh, didn't end up coming up with a win, obviously. Um, but it it came down to a play. Very awkward way to end for Tom Brady, especially since he's been in this game for a very long time, longer than I've been born. Um, long, long before I've been born and longer, as long as I've been living, he's been in the league for, and he forgot it was fourth down and he thought he was like, he thought it was third down heading into the fourth down play. He thought he had one more play to go. Um, was not the case. That's how it ended. Um, I'm pretty sure all of you saw it by now. Um, definitely a tough loss there. Very, very tight game here. Uh, hard fought by the, the bears defense, um, as well. They were just driving right through, um, that Buccaneers offensive line at will, um, Khalil Mack is an absolute beast, sacking Tom Brady left and right, staring him down as he sacks him. Um, but yeah, very good game to watch that night. I was watching the Yankees game as well. And speaking of which, um, I am a Yankees fan, so I'm watching the game as we speak right now. So it was definitely very tough to come to terms with trying to record. And again, I, I love doing this podcast. It's my favorite thing in the world. But if I miss something in this game, because it's an, el- an elimination game for the Yankees, they go on to the ALCS to versus the Astros. You know, talk about drama there. Um, I, I definitely want to see every inch of that. But I have it pulled up on the screen as I'm recording this, so I will not be missing anything. And I get to talk some football. So uh, I get to kill two birds with one stone there. Um, but let's get into week four. Let's not waste any more time. Um, yeah, starting off the week, week four, on that Thursday night football game um, between the Broncos and the Jets. Uh, very high scoring. Um and a lot of people thought this was going to be the first win for the Jets. Um, again, the Broncos are very hobbled, very injured. Um, and as we speak right now, after the, going into Week 5, the Jets don't even have their starting quarterback, Sam Darnold. They're going to be running with Joe Flacco going into Week 5. And Mekhi Beckton is also hurt. Their first-round uh, pick um, an offensive tackle will not be available. And let's get into that for a second, okay? So there, there's a reason these, these two guys are out. And I think Mekhi Beckton was already hurt going into that game. But they end up putting him in. Oh, I think there are other linemen that are getting hurt, so they put him in the game. Even though he's hurt, uh, I think at this point, there was a lot of buzz going into the Jets and Broncos game that after that game, Gase would have lost his job. So I think he was doing everything he could at the moment, but he's putting players' health second. So he put Mekhi Becton in. He was hurt, and he had to come out. His shoulders basically popped out at that point, and uh, now he's further injured and definitely is not going to be playing Week 5. As for Sam Darnold, um, started off with a fantastic run in the first quarter, um, definitely showed some heart there. He's like, screw this. I'm doing it myself, putting the team on my back here. I'm putting up points on the board. We've, we've been 0-3 up to this point, not going down 0-4. Unfortunately, they did, but you could see the effort in Sam Darnold. Um, he ends up coming back in the game later on. Um, I didn't get to this point yet, but he did end up getting tackled and sacked and thrown onto his throwing shoulder, and you could tell he was in pain and discomfort 
um, after standing up after that play, you can actually tell, and he ran off the field. His shoulder was kind of hanging, and um, he ends up coming back a little later on. Joe Flacco uh, completes two passes in the meantime, comes back in the game, completes the game, and now week five, um, yeah, Sam Darnold will not be starting their game against the Arizona Cardinals. Um, and again, the Jets keep making news, dude. They just had someone who tested positive for coronavirus, and then they just tested again today because they were already assuming that the game was going to happen anyway. Um, so without even making sure the person isn't actually positive, um, they did end up sh- sending Arizona to New Jersey um, in preparation for the game. But then the, the test came back as a false positive. Um, I mean, it's still scary, false positives, right? Like, you never know because the whole Patriots team for the Chiefs and and Patriots game on, on Monday, that was pushed to Monday night. Stephon Gilmore ended up getting COVID. And before that, they were all tested negative. So it's like, I don't know, man. These tests are a little scary. I mean, it's hard to believe everything that you see in terms of all tests were negative and everything like that. But you really, really never know. This thing is very sketchy. And with the NFL, they really can't afford anything, anything to be pushed back under any circumstances because this isn't like baseball. Baseball can be moved to doubleheaders. They can move things to later dates, and they can shift around series and do this and that. But for, like for example, this upcoming week for Week Five, there's gonna be two. There's gonna be games on Tuesdays, like a doubleheader on Monday night that was already scheduled, I believe. But it's gonna be kind of a little. It's gonna be all over the place this week, for sure. You already have teams like the Titans who have everyone breaking protocol, getting coronavirus, testing positive for COVID, and. Even their game is kind of in jeopardy for Sunday, which I think is going to end up happening because the NFL is just ruthless. But back to this game. We'll get into that a little bit later. Um, Sam Darnold ends up completing the night 23 for 42, 230 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. They just couldn't come up with the win. Um, Their best player, I think, that night was Sam Ficken completing every single one of his five field goals. Uh, Braxton Berrios, their best wide receiver, didn't play anything in this game, like at all, and you thought he was going to be a complete factor going into this game because you just get Jameson Crowder back, who went off, and you could tell he's just their best player. But if Jameson Crowder is your best player, how are you going to go through 10 weeks plus after this and hope to utilize that as your offense with Joe Flacco in? Because we don't know when Sam Donald's going to be coming back into the game. So things get more and more ugly for the Jets, and I didn't even mention yet that they lost to a third-string quarterback in Brett Rippon, who threw three interceptions, and you couldn't come up with the victory. Still lost by nearly 10 points, 37-28 to 28 if I didn't mention the score yet, but Broncos move on to 1-3. and three. Jets still 0-4, staring 0-5 right in the face against an Arizona Cardinals team that everyone was on board with, and now um, people are slowly hopping off the bandwagon, but this is, they already know that they're coming into this game Feel they're they're gonna feel it. They're they're they already know they've lost way too much at this point. Like they sh- they should have been f- probably five and zero going into this week, but unfortunately they are uh, two and two, which I believe is their record at the moment. Nope, they're two and one. No, no, no I missed. I left out this week. My mistake. They are yes, two and two. Went through a weird route there to find out their record. Anyway, um, not to get in too deep with the Jets. It's just. Oh, as things things get when it rains, it pours. Was the thing I was I was looking for, and uh, that's pretty much it for the Jets. They move on. Um, Saints and the Lions. So getting into this game, um, you know the Saints have been very very iffy recently, and they're two and two. They they shouldn't be two and two. The talent that they have, and they lose Michael Thomas. That's kind of that kind of sets the tone for them, right? And it's just really really 
tough to put a finger on what Sean Payton can't do for this offense. They can, they're so innovative. They can do absolutely anything. And, you know, being 2-2 two and two and seeing that their schedule, you know, so far, again, they go up against the Buccaneers week one. Buccaneers first game with Tom Brady. You know, they're trying to get used to the coaching staff and an actual game. They don't have a preseason. I get it. Saints put up the points on the board. They defeat them week one. They lose to the Raiders. You're like, okay, what's going on here? They don't have Michael Thomas. Clearly, they can't adjust. Packers are just on fire, right? And then they, they lose to them by seven points on Sunday. And then this this past Sunday, they looked iffy going into the game, right? That's kind of where I was getting at. So the Detroit Lions put up 14 points to New Orleans 7 going into the second quarter and then put up a big fat donut. The Detroit Lions are talking about against the Saints who put up 21 points after that. And from then on, it was just sayonara. And, you know, it was a pretty close game by the numbers, right? 35 to 29, you know, New Orleans 2-2, two and two, Detroit Lions 1-3. and three. But Drew Brees still looks kind of iffy. Hopefully when he gets his weapon back, um, number one weapon back in Michael Thomas, um, things will work out a lot better. But Alvin Kamara is just a beast. And uh, I think none of, I think people are talking about him a good amount, but I still think people should be talking about him more considering that, you know, the type of running back that he is and what he's doing for this team and just completely putting them on their back. Um, Drew Brees, you can just tell, is a little scared to throw downfield, even though he has a reliable weapon, Emmanuel Sanders, because he was kind of made for this, right? Like, it was it was a good third option for him to have because, like, you know, he's already familiar with Traquan Smith. He has Alvin Kamara in the passing game. Um, but Emmanuel Sanders is supposed to be that guy that if, if anyone or anything goes down, he's still a reliable target. And, yes, in this game he did have six receptions, 93 yards. Right, but there, there's the the week prior and the week before that, you know, when Michael Thomas got hurt, he really wasn't looking his way. I don't think he's a big fan of throwing, um, you know, too, too far downfield because he think I guess he thinks it's going to be a turnover. He just doesn't have it anymore. I don't know. I, I still think Drew Brees has it in him. I think the Lions are kind of on the bad end of things for the most part because, oh, home run, Gio? No, not home run, Gio. Um, yeah, the Detroit Lions are 1-3. and three. They, they shouldn't be. They should be 2-2 two and two at this moment because – you know, DeAndre Swift missing that catch in week one, brutal. They should have won that game. Um, against the Packers, I don't think they had a shot. And then I thought they're going to beat uh, – I thought the Cardinals are going to beat the Lions. And then you, you see it all come down to a field goal. They take that game. Um, but, of course uh, – hold on. So they lose to the Bears. They lose to the Packers. So 0-2. So, yeah, so the only one they have is the Cardinals game, and then they lost there to the Saints. Um, to pretty much sum up with this game, dude, I don't know how long Matt Patricia is going to continue to have a, a job. I mean, one and three, they're going to hold on to him a lot longer. He may even get through the season, but I don't know how much longer you could really hold on to this guy. He's a defensive mind, former Patriots coach. We know the, we know, we know the pass with them. So, you know, Adrian Peterson, at least we know he's still got it. Matt Stafford, I think – you know he has so much so much talent, and I think they really didn't get him enough in his career, in coaching wise and player wise. And yes, he had Calvin Johnson, sure, and he a lot of had a lot of, a lot of other guys too, but they just never really put it together. They're always a meh team, you know. Like they have good enough talent, like especially wide receivers right now, like Kenny Galladay, Damian Amendola, if you need him, space the field a little bit. DeAndre Swift now, who since that you know, drop, hasn't done awfully bad. He's not in the game plan as much as you think he would be, especially coming in as a rookie, and then they sign Adrian Peterson, they use him. 
TJ Hawkinson gets a touchdown too in this game. I think he's really, really solid. He's been he's been solid the past couple weeks. You have Marvin Jones, right? So you got weapons there. It's just you're coming up short. And I don't think one and three necessarily defines them. I don't even think the Bears right now, they're three and one defines them either. Again, it is still very early. They go against the Jaguars um on Sunday at one o'clock. We'll see how that works. Again, the Jaguars have some fight in them. And, you know, Matt Patricia looking at his coaching, you you can't be surprised if they do lose that game, but um, definitely a must-win for them going into Jacksonville. Are they going to Jacksonville? Let's make sure. Yeah, they are going to Jacksonville. Okay, so moving on from this game. Again, the Saints needed that win. Fell short for a second. We fell for it for a second. We were like, all right, the Saints are bad. But then they bounce back, like they always do. Uh, Buccaneers Chargers, right? Listen, listen, we already went over them in Week 5. But, you know, you know, the first game of Week 5 against the Bears, and they end up losing, but... This game did kind of show that Tom Brady, even though he's with Bruce Arians, still kind of has it, right? Like now it's like he will throw interceptions, but he has the five touchdowns. 30 for 46, 369 yards, five touchdowns. Still got it. Um, I think they're just kind of adjusting at this point. Again, playing on Thursday, short week, you get it. But listen, man, everything counts. And losing to Nick Foles definitely doesn't help his case, right? Ronald Jones, um, 20 carries, 111 yards. And this past game, I think he went for over 100 yards as well. Absolute beast. And I think they have to realize that. And bringing in, you know, Leonard Fournette does help. They could be a good one-two punch. But I don't think these guys can mesh as one-two punches. Like, I mean, Ronald Jones, yes. But with a guy like Leonard Fournette, maybe at like the one-yard line you want to use him. Again, he can be more than that. But being a guy that that can can bruise and can run being a one-two punch is going to be a weird combination between the two for sure because again Jones did this with Peyton Barber last year and it worked out pretty well but with Leonard Fournette I think it's kind of a different dynamic there but again with the time being that Leonard Fournette is out he's doing pretty solid so I think they got to realize that he is their guy Um, but now they're kind of stuck with Leonard Fournette not necessarily stuck but they have him for a year but they got to find out how to use him for the rest of the year. Mike Evans comes back, seven receptions, 122 yards, a touchdown. Scotty Miller gets a touchdown before putting a big donut on Thursday night. O.J. Howard, done for the season after this game, got a touchdown. Keyshawn Vaughn gets a touchdown. Touchdowns all around. And this game really showed Justin Herbert is the Chargers guy. And it was just announced this week that he will be the starter moving forward. Unfortunately, um, Tyra Taylor loses his job. But, you know, I, I think he's proven himself enough to... Take the starting job away from him in Justin Herbert, right? He he gets three touchdowns. He's airing the ball out. Guy can run around a little bit. Still pretty solid. What do you have? Five carries, 14 yards, eh, a little bit. A little bit of movement there, but he can run. Unfortunately, in this game, they did lose Austin Eckler. He will be out for a while. He was just placed on IR today. He should be expected to be back by week eight, but definitely a tough, tough injury. Um, hyperextended his knee, hamstring injury. Not good at all. Hopefully he gets back on track. But in the meantime, Joshua Kelly and Justin Ta- Justin Jackson will be taking the running back roles. I'm sure they'll be switching between the two, even though Joshua Kelly um, did interchange between Austin Eckler. I think Joshua Kelly will take a lot of the running duties, but he can be a factor in the passing game. But we'll see how that goes. I think they're pretty good um, at running back for now because you could tell that they're the way they run the ball, they like to split the ball between two people. Even though Austin Eckler could be a guy they can use a lot more than they usually they did before his injury, but we'll see kind of how that goes. Um, 
this game ended 38 to 31. Chargers go down to one and three. I think they can they can improve from here with the talent that they have currently on the roster. But unfortunately, they have a Monday night primetime game against the Saints. Going to be tough. The Saints really want to win that game again. Two and two shouldn't really describe. It shouldn't really characterize how their season is going. Being at two and two right now, and yes, they have a lot of stuff going on. But against the Chargers on Monday night, I think the Saints are locked in. And Mister Monday Night and Drew Brees. Yeah, I'm riding Saints all the way in that game. Uh, moving on from this game, um, a game that I didn't really watch a lot of was the Jaguars and the Bengals, but the Bengals do get their first win for Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow, I think, is the first quarterback in the first, I don't know if it's for just rookies, um, but in the first four weeks to throw for a hunt for 300 yards, pretty, pretty solid. Again, Joe Burrow's their guy. I don't know why people are getting feisty over if he's their guy or not. I'm like, he is. He was the first overall pick. They're, they're going to ride with this guy for until the end of, obviously until the end of his contract and probably moving forward after that until something happens. But I, I, I'm telling you right now, if he's able to throw for 300 yards with a bad offensive line, a little bit of weapons he could work with, he's spreading the ball out a little bit, he'll be just fine. Everyone should just relax. Joe Burrow's the guy. Um, really, really solid. Um, Joe Mixon, 25 carries, 151 yards, two touchdowns, six yards per carry. Usually Joe Mixon is like Mr. 2.9 yards per carry. Um, but in this game, uh, he gets it done. Especially in the passing game as well. He gets a touchdown there too. Uh, definitely, definitely balled out. And against the Jacksonville, yeah, they're a bad team. Yeah, they're 1-3. But uh, after after losing, after not losing, they didn't lose. They tied the previous week. Um, I guess they now realize they got to use them a little more. And they did. And this is a perfect game to bounce back from. For the Bengals, 1-2-3, and three, heading into a week versus a division rival in the Ravens on Sunday at 1 o'clock. Lamar Jackson is hobbled. He did miss two practices before coming back today. Um, I still think he's going to be pretty solid for them. So definitely a tough week um, for the Bengals. But ride high on this win, which they did, because Sunday's already coming up in two days from now. Today's Friday. Um, yeah, man. Uh, Joe Burrow throws a pick. Nothing to write home about. Um, Gardner Minshew. I, I when he starts, it's like he's good enough to be a starter, but not good enough to be a starter at the same time. The real highlight you can find from this team is that they have James Robinson. You know, like you realize getting rid of Leonard Fournette and losing everybody is not the end of the world. If you find a guy like James Robinson, an undrafted rookie who comes in and. It's just steamrolling people, especially in the passing game as well. They got a guy like LaVisca Chenault Jr. DJ Chark is their guy. He gets the two touchdowns. Um, again, a Jaguars team that's tearing it down. They still can compete because this game ended 33-25. to You know, again, like I mentioned before, Bengals won 2-1. and one, The Jaguars won and 3. Um, moving on from that game, the Vikings end up getting their first one of the season. They move on to 1-3, 31-23 against the Houston Texans. The Texans are 0-4, just fired their head coach and GM, Bill O'Brien. And they move on with their interim head coach moving forward for the rest of the season. And this is, I wouldn't say this is a bad thing for the Texans, right? Because I don't think they were really playing for Bill O'Brien at all. Not Definitely not the best coach in the world and GM in the world. Again, he's a former Patriot head coach. Like I mentioned before, the track record isn't so great. Uh, Matt Patricia... Exhibit A and Bill O'Brien, Exhibit B. Um, yep, he gets fired. And again, not necessarily a bad thing because 
he is the GM. He was the GM and the coach. So now they can find a GM first, get the head coach. And if they succeed in that area, they already signed Deshaun Watson. They really just got to make the front office just got to just has to make the right decision here. Um, Deshaun Watson, 20 for 33, 300 yards, two touchdowns. David Johnson, 16 carries, 63 yards. Um, Wolf Fuller finally showing that he can hold up his number one spot as his own. Again, you could definitely tell that they missed DeAndre Hopkins, but Wolf Fuller, if he's healthy, can be that wide receiver one that you hope he becomes. Kenny Stills gets a touchdown as well. As for the Vikings, their offense is really good. It's just their defense isn't so great. They're actually really effective on offense. If you're really watching the games, you could tell if Kirk Cousins is only going to throw 22 times, which he did in this game, and get a touchdown, that's fine because you got a guy like Dalvin Cook behind you who can carry the ball nearly 30 times, 27 carries, 130 yards, two touchdowns. Madison gets one as well. He gets his fair share. Adam Thielen, oh, he's a stud. Let's not forget about that. And then Justin Jefferson, really showing that he, he's getting accumulated with the offense here. You know, they they should have used, utilized him a little more the past weeks, but they decided not to for some reason. I guess they were kind of easing him in, but you got to realize that your rookie wide receiver, you're going to have to depend on, him, depend on him a lot if you're going to lose the guy like Stephon Diggs and send him over to the Bills. And they're doing really well, so get that guy involved because he could be something great. And he was. Again, that ended 31-23. to The Houston Texans hope to get a win on in their win column um, versus the Titans on Sunday. Um, and again, a lot of people were put on the COVID-19 list. Let's see how that turns out. They get the win. Um, definitely looking up from there and finding a new head coach eventually, but they get a fresh start. Seahawks Dolphins, um, closer than you would have expected. Seahawks are four and zero. Dolphins one and three. This game ended thirty one to twenty three. Russell Wilson eases up on his uh, MVP run a little bit. Again, I still think he's gonna. Be- Make a run for MVP. Aaron Rodgers is giving him a run for his money as well. But he gets the two touchdowns. One pick. 360 yards. 24 for 34. Chris Carson gets the two touchdowns. Doesn't look too hobbled after his little knee injury the week prior. DK Metcalf, still a stud, of course. Putting up monster numbers. Gets another 100 yards. David Moore gets a touchdown. Travis Homer gets a touchdown. Um, Again, another game that I didn't watch too much of. When, when is Tua going to start for the Dolphins, dude? I don't know how long Brian Flores is going to hold on for Ryan Fitzpatrick. He even had Josh Rosen last year. And yes, you don't have to believe in him as much because you just get him for a trade. And you probably weren't going to hold on to him that long. And he wasn't going to end up being wasn't going to end up being the guy at some point. But Ryan Fitzpatrick has a great game, an off game, a good game, an okay game, an off game. Not in that exact order. But when is the time to go to... Tua, does he have to throw five touchdowns in a game for you to change quarterbacks? I don't even know if that at that point he would switch them out. But it's only a matter of time till you get there. And that's pretty much all I got out of that game. Let's get into the game of the week. Browns, Cowboys. Very, very high-scoring game. And the biggest shock for people is that the Cowboys, not so much laid an egg, but for the most part, just did not produce enough offensively and defensively um, to end up winning the game. I think the offense did most of their job. They're a great offense, but if you don't, you pay everyone on your offense, you can't pay your defense, and didn't end up working out for them, right? So the Browns, how do you, you almost let them put up 50 points, have a winning record to the first four weeks for the first time in a very long time for the Browns. 
The Cowboys one and three in a division that's awful. The team with the tie, I think, is in first place right now, if I'm not mistaken. The standings for them. The team with the tie is in first place. One, two, and one. Giants dead last 0 and 4. Washington loses their quarterback in Dwayne Haskins. It makes him the third string quarterback on their team. Alex Smith is the backup to Kyle Allen. And, you're, and the Cowboys go 1 and 3 with that offense. Awful defense, but with that offense, you cannot be 1 and 3. Just can't be. Probably one of the best 1 and 3 teams in the league. Definitely a disgrace. 49 to 38. Browns 3 and 1 on the season. Cowboys 1 and 3. Baker Mayfield, two touchdowns, only has to throw 30 times, only completes the ball 19 times. But you have people in Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb before he went down with an injury. He's on IR. He's going to be out at least six weeks with an MCL sprain. But this was a no Dell Beckham game. You open it up for him on that defense. He's just going to run all over him. I don't think that's going to last as long as people think it is, but they got creative on offense, right? You have Jarvis Landry throwing a touchdown to Odell, right? L- looks really good. Odell gets the two touchdowns. He's looking great. Then, you know, towards the end of the game, when the Dallas Cowboys were coming back, you get that little pitch or whatever that was that Baker Mayfield did to Odell Beckham, and he completely dodges every single Cowboy on that defense. It takes in for a touchdown. That was kind of the dagger there. But Dak Prescott, four touchdowns, a pick. 500 yards, throws 60 times. Obviously, you're throwing from behind, so you got to throw 60 times, nearly 60 times. Zeke not going to get as much yards because, again, he's throwing so much. Mario Cooper, 12 receptions, touchdowns. CeeDee Lamb gets two touchdowns. I think he takes over that number two job from Michael Gallup. I think Michael Gallup just becomes a more of a, a threat downfield, and I think that was kind of what CeeDee Lamb was supposed to be this year, but, yeah, that, that was only a matter of time before that happened. But, anyway, the... Dallas Cowboys, the best one in three team in the league. Unfortunately, they went down to the Browns in that game. Definitely a tough loss there. But they go up against the Giants. 425 game. They got they got to score. They're, they're going to score against them. But again, for, be- for people who are betting, if you're going to take the spread for the Giants, I don't know what the number is right now because they're, they're dogs, obviously. But I would almost take it because their defense is pretty solid against the Rams um, this week as well and held them to um, only 17 points and easily covered. So I would take a look at that game because the Cowboys are definitely going to score. But with that defense, you never know. Actually, it is a little bit of a shaky game, but I I think the Cowboys offense is way better than the Rams offense because that game was more telling about the Rams. But just keep an eye out if you are going to bet that game. Might look in that direction. Um Cardinals Panthers do Teddy Bridgewater finally after a couple weeks getting accumulated again two and two not too bad but really shows out here runs the ball a little bit shows that he's still got some legs Robbie Anderson is their consensus number one Mike Davis is filling in very very well for Christian McCaffrey till he comes back I think they're gonna light it up as for the Cardinals I think it was more telling of them right because they should be doing a lot better than what their record says they are. And people are thinking that, oh, they're not Super Bowl bound, but more like Kyler Murray is going to be that guy. You know, like he's, he's going to be MVP caliber, be an absolute stud. But he's really showing that he can't really throw as much. Yes, he had the three touchdowns, but definitely not so effective in this game. Again, you have a hobbled DeAndre Hopkins, seven receptions, 41 yards. Chase Edmonds, Chase Edmonds gets a touchdown. Christian Kirk gets a touchdown. Doran Thomas, 
threw to a lot of people that you don't normally throw to, so that you could tell the Panthers played a little bit of solid defense in this game, but just uh, if you can, they're not getting the running game going either, I don't think Kenyon Drake. You know, hasn't been doing that well the past couple weeks. 13 carries, 35 yards in this game. They do have a pretty solid run defense for the Panthers, right? But definitely a game the Cardinals should have won and people expected to win. Um, they go down two games in a row, hoping to beat the Jets this upcoming week, which I think they will. Um, but again, a game that I didn't really watch as much. Um, but the Ravens and the Washington Redskins, this was pretty much not the Redskins. Whoa. Rewind a little bit. The Washington football team. Baltimore Ravens, 31. Washington, 17. Ravens move on to 3-1. Washington goes to 1-3. They move Dwayne Haskins to third string. Um, I think Ron Rivera is just kind of like, you know, I don't have a preseason. And I think this is a very winnable division. I got to make a move. And he goes so far and beyond to not only make him not a backup, but a third stringer thinking that you know since he, he they actually do have a solid shot if you really if they really do things right but putting Kyle Allen as the starting quarterback cuz you know with the familiarity with him and the Panthers Ron Rivera was there before he got fired they trade for Kyle, Kyle Allen in the offseason I knew that was going to come back at some point cuz like you trade for a guy you can have him as a backup sure but if all push comes to shove you go with the guy you think you know best and that's Kyle Allen and he's going to be stepping up this weekend against the Rams in L.A., so new SoFi Stadium. I don't think they win that game, but Dwayne Haskins, I, keep, I saw videos today of him not even taking snaps at practice, so um, you got to feel for the guy. I mean, he hasn't been great, but Washington hasn't been that great either, but I think under the circumstances with Ron Rivera, he's like, listen, if I can win this division in any way I can and I got to bench you and even move to third string, I'll do it. Uh, Lamar Jackson, a little hobbled in this game. 14 for 21. 193 yards, two touchdowns, a pick. Runs a little bit. Gets a touchdown, a very long touchdown. I'll add as well. Um, again, running back by a committee, which I don't really like. Because last year they really ran heavy with with uh, Mark Ingram. But they did, move, they did shift around a little bit with Gus Edwards, right? Uh, yeah, just I didn't see much happening. In this game, because Dwayne Haskins, if you really wanted to show something, he threw 45 times, no touchdowns, not a pick either. But you have a solid running back, line isn't so great, a solid receiver in Terry McLaurin, and these are weapons you really could work with. You know, I didn't even mention JD McKissick in the backfield is pretty much a wide receiver at this point. Dontrell Edmond is a guy that Dwayne Haskins likes that he he's shown he could be effective too. So it's like you got guys there that could work for you. Logan Thomas, who earlier in the season did pretty solid as a tight end, doesn't do much in this game. And I think that there was, you really could have showed something here against a team that's a pretty tough defense, right? But overall, you got to show something because, you know, Ron Rivera kind of had you on a, on a very, very short leash for a while now because it's like he's not the guy that he drafted. Just wasn't. And... You know, going into this game and realizing the stakes that are for the NFC East, you got to make a move. He wasn't doing the things that you ask him to do in practice and translating to the game. So they make that decision. As for the Giants and the Rams, I'm not going to talk too much about this game, mostly because Giants can't score a touchdown. They're 0 4. Both New York teams are 0 8 combined. 
Rams are three and one. People are saying that you know the Giants didn't do so well in this game, but their defense is pretty solid, only holding the Rams to seventeen points for a team that just lost the week prior to nearly forty points against the very very hobbled 49ers team. Things are looking we're are looking up for this Giants defense. As for their offense, they just can't score a touchdown. They only scored like three touchdowns this year, I think, is the number. Daniel Jones isn't playing so well. Um I mean, it's really starting to show. Like last year, you kind of give the benefit because it's his first year, and second year, you want to give the benefit too, right? But at the same time, you got to show something. Can't have nine points on the board two weeks in a row where Graham Gano gets all the points. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, nothing to talk about in the offensively for them. But Jared Goff gets a touchdown to uh, Cooper Cup, and that's really all they had going, dude. Got a touchdown for Gerald Everett too earlier in the game. And as for the rest, um. Yeah, just just a better showing in terms of the Giants' defense than anything, because they did, they played well. Blake Martinez is a stud, and I thought he was going to be bad. So he's really showing out and showing everybody that you know I wasn't just nothing in Green Bay. I could show what I can do here in New York, and for a bad team, uh, he's he's really be, he's really the light um, that you see there. But the Bills beat the Raiders thirty to twenty three. They're four and zero. Raiders two and two. Josh Allen still doing Josh Allen things and being a stud. Two touchdowns. Devin Singletary gets eighteen carries, fifty six yards, a touchdown. You really see with this offense, he's starting to move up. Stephon Diggs is a stud. He finally becomes the number one number one wide receiver he wanted to be. I think a little bit of the beef he had with the Vikings is that he could do a bit more, and he was doing a lot for them too. You know, spacing the field a little bit for Adam Thielen. But he wants to be that guy, and he gets his fair share here. Six receptions, 115 yards. Uh, there, There's really a connection there for Josh Allen, and that's with Stephon Diggs. John Brown should have had a touchdown, but ended up with four receptions, 42 yards. Cole Beasley gets a touchdown as well. As for the Raiders, they're just looking a little iffy for the most part, if you were to ask me. Um, Derek Carr, two touchdowns. It's just, like, okay enough to win. Like, like, you know, they're just okay enough to win a game against the Saints. But you lose a game like this for the Bills, who are really doing well. Like, you keep it close. Like, 30-23, to 23, but can't get it done. Josh Jacobs, 15 carries, 48 yards. They got to get him involved more. But again, when you're you're down, you got to start throwing. So that, that's exactly what happens. And Darren Waller. And, and also, I forgot to even mention this to start, right? That... The Raiders are a little hobbled in their wide receiver core, right? Brian Edwards, Henry Ruggs, both hurt. Hunter Renfro is their number one guy. Number two guy is Nelson Aguilar slash Zay Jones. So they got to throw to Darren Waller, was pretty much their best option at all, on offense. Nine receptions, 88 yards. Not much you could really do there, but they kept it close. Um, as for the Bills, I really want them to, like, they are closing out games. But they shouldn't have they shouldn't have won by just seven. They got to win by like 14, 20 points. If this is how great their offense is going to be, letting a lot of teams hang on a little bit. Four zero can definitely see it. They deserve to be four zero, but start closing out some teams. Colts Bears nineteen to nineteen to eleven. Colts win three. Move on to three three to one, three and one. Chicago Bears currently four and one, but at the time of this loss became three and one. The Colts defense is just so good. So good. Very, very boring game, if you were to ask me. Literally, just as as a fan watching. Um, it's just because it was a little bit of a stalemate. Just field goal after field goal. 
point here and there. Allen Robinson, of course, is a stud for Nick Foles. Nick Foles, touchdown to pick, and he gets it done on Monday night. So not much to say there. Eagles 49ers, I barely watched this game too. A little tough because both teams are very hobbled. But Carson Wentz gets it done, gets the win, right? With the tie, makes him first in the NFC East. 25-20, to 20, 1-2-1, 49ers, 2-2. Two two, get Jimmy Garoppolo back this week, hoping to bounce back, right? Uh, Carson Wentz still looks a, a little iffy, but what can he do? He also, he also doesn't have wide receivers, right? It's, it's really tough when you have nothing to work with and everyone's hurt and you, you're throwing to former quarterbacks and Greg Ward. You're throwing to a guy like Travis Fulgham. Who's heard of him before this game? Seriously, he gets a touchdown. As for Nick Mullins, he gets yanked for C.J. Beathard, and I feel like it's eventually going to be shifted to C.J. Beathard being the backup over Nick Mullins. People forgot C.J. Beathard was not great, but he held his own when he was their lone starting quarterback when uh, Kyle Shanahan came along before grabbing Jimmy Garoppolo and signing him to a deal, right? Jarek McKinnon is coming back. He's looking great. Knee doesn't look hobbled at all. The definition of this game, in terms of dominance, George Kittle. 15 receptions, 183 yards, and a touchdown, and they still lose. Um, You're glad he's back and fully healthy, and he puts up numbers like that, which is absolutely absurd. As a tight end, I might add, they, they need to start getting some wins. Yes, you're hobbled. You have a great guy there. Have some more weapons. Jimmy Garoppolo, yes, he's iffy, but you really need to really bounce back here, get some W's. They go up against the Dolphins at 4.05 on Sunday. Um, should be a get-right game for them, but don't count the Miami Dolphins out. Um, they're still worried about if they're going to keep Ryan Fitzpatrick in the game, so I think you, you worry about yourself. Play the game the way you want to. Get it done. Like I mentioned earlier, uh, the Patriots and the Chiefs, right? This ended 26 to 9, 26 to 10, excuse me. Chiefs go 4 0. New England Patriots 2 2. They do not have Brian. They do not have Cam Newton, excuse me. But they do have Brian Hoyer before eventually switching to Jared Stidham. Three picks between the two two for Jared Stidham, one for Brian Hoyer. Damian Harris, who they bring up, I think, from the practice squad. 17 carries, 100 yards. Man, Bill Belichick, two masks in this game. Demir Bird leads him in receiving. Oh, man. But Chiefs, however, two touchdowns for Pat Mahomes. You know, it was just made for them to win. What more can I say here? Like, if you're hobbled at one of the best quarterbacks in terms of performance right now and Cam Newton who could run the ball and showing that he's a comeback player of the year, what kind of chance do you have, seriously? And again, after this game, it was found out that Stephon Gilmore did test positive for COVID-19. Then people were releasing that, you know, videos and pictures of Stephon Gilmore coming in contact with Pat Mahomes. Again, very contagious. Um, as of right now, everyone's negative. But again, you never know. Um, you hope and pray to the football gods, a guy who's making the sport look better and better each year in Pat Mahomes and is the future of the NFL, the face of the NFL. You better hope he doesn't get covid and, you know, looking at the COVID issue right now, if any more teams test positive, things get worse, games get moved, there could be a pause in the season. And I think a lot of more people need to be nervous about that and take this thing seriously. The Titans aren't taking things seriously. I don't think they're going to get punished either because they just want the season to come along. 
right? And for the Titans to break protocol to the point where like double digit, we're in the double digits of people testing positive in your facility. Ridiculous. Got to take this thing seriously, man. And now that it's even come close to a guy like Pat Mahomes, can't happen. And uh, people are really mad at the Titans right now. Uh, final game of the slate, which I'll go over. Green Bay Packers, Atlanta Falcons. 30-16. to Falcons fall to 0-4. Green Bay Packers move on to 4-0 going into their bye week. In this game, Robert Tanyan had three touchdowns. Aaron Rodgers looks like he's having fun out there. He's counting on his fingers how many touchdowns he has in this game. It's just fun for him at this point. And again, I'm a little distracted watching the Yankees game. Very, very close game heading into the ninth. I think it's going to be the, yeah, it's going to be the bottom of the eighth now, but almost heading into the ninth. Might go into extras. Back to this game, though. Aaron Rodgers, four touchdowns, 327 yards. Guy's just having fun. And it's surprising that he's having as much fun as he is because he doesn't have his best weapon in Devontae Adams. And he's probably very most valuable player on their team. And I don't mean MVP. I mean just in, in terms of value, what he can do to your offense. He's the guy you want to have on the field. He was injured. Luckily, you have a guy like Aaron Jones who can run the ball a little bit. Didn't do as much as he did the last past couple weeks, but you do what you can. If Aaron Rodgers is throwing like that, no need to run the ball as much. As for Jamal Williams, he comes out of nowhere and starts getting eight receptions, 95 yards. Robert Tanyan gets those three touchdowns. He stumbled and flipped on the ground into a touchdown, just completely tearing that defense apart. For the Falcons, they can't even get the ball to their best wide receiver. Ian Calvin Ridley at the moment. Again, I, don't, I know it's Julio Jones in everyone's brain, but he's a little hobbled right now, and then he comes out of the game. He's questionable going to this weekend. They're just trying to hold on as much as they can. Their best receiver right now, in terms of the stats from that game, was Zacchaeus. I don't even want to pronounce his, his first name, but he got the most going on their offense. Todd Gurley gets two touchdowns. Wasn't even supposed to get the second touchdown, but they literally brought him in the game just so he could punch it in. Couldn't put points up. Dan Quinn is still not on the hot seat, apparently. To all us fans, he is on the hot seat. But um, according to the Falcons, that's just not happening at the moment. I don't know how long they're holding on to him for. Watch them win next week, and then he's still not on the hot seat. Who are they going up against? Panthers, tough matchup. But you're not going to win with 16 points. That's all I got to say. That wraps up the week four slate. I went over week five. Again, very, very weird week um, coming up this Sunday, a game on Tuesday, doubleheader Monday, I think seven early games, five or I think it's going to be five middle of the day games, but Jaguars, Titans, Bengals, Ravens, you got two division games already, three division games, Panthers, Falcons, Raiders, Chiefs, Cardinals, Jets. Eagles, Steelers, Rams, Washington, Dolphins, Niners, Giants, Cowboys, Colts, Browns, Vikings, Seahawks on Sunday night, Broncos on Monday, and Tuesday game, Bills, Titans, due to COVID, will be at 7 p.m. The doubleheader on Monday night again, Broncos, Patriots, Chargers, Saints, 5 o'clock for the Broncos-Patriots game. 8.15 for the Chargers-Saints game. That's going to wrap up the week four slate. Very excited going into week five. Going to be 
very tough in terms of picks. So I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm just going to enjoy this Sunday's games, divisional games, some head-to-head games that are very tough to predict, like Colts, Browns. Colts have a solid defense, but the Browns are going to see. We're going to see who they really are in that game. Eagles, Steelers, Steelers off a of bye week, an early bye week that they didn't want due to COVID, so they're a little angry, right? Want to see some of that? Divisional matchup: Giants, Cowboys. Anything can happen. Tough going into that game. Vikings, Seahawks. Vikings playing hard on offense. Seahawks playing hard on offense. Both defenses are not good. Should be kind of a shootout, I guess. But Kirk Cousins doesn't throw for more than 20 passes at a time. But I think it's a good place to wrap up here. So I appreciate you guys for listening. Chris will be back next week. Get things back up and running on a regular schedule. Appreciate you guys for listening here. I figured I'd get an episode out for everybody. You know, again, it was pushed back. Tough with scheduling. But it's all good. Show goes on. Thank you guys for listening. It's Franchise Tag Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Appreciate you guys, and we'll see you next week.